Welcome to the Therapy Thoughts Podcast. This is Tiffany Rowe. I'm a clinical mental health counselor and psychology teacher in Utah, and I want to change the mental health game. The Therapy Thoughts Podcast is all about breaking down therapy-related topics and making mental health information easy to understand and super accessible. So join me for quick and direct educational episodes and some deeper dives with experts from around the world. Together, we are going to break down stigma. We're going to help each other make peace with mind, body, and food. We're going to make therapy cool and invest time in our mental health. Let's do it here, one therapy thought at a time. What up, therapy thoughts? I mean, season four, are you loving it or what? Just me and you, baby. We are talking about all things therapy. I'm giving you my thoughts. I'm giving you this mental health education that we all deserve and need today. This is this is a uh, FAQ. We're talking attachment styles. And oh, man, this one is so big. And I, that's how I feel about everything I talk about on the podcast. I'm like, I got like 20, 25 minutes to cover something that is, you know, something you could go into therapy for for like a year. So. Let's see what we could do. Let's see what damage we could create in a couple minutes on attachment style. So if we're talking about attachment, you got to understand that this is all from John Bowlby, a psychologist, and Mary Ainsworth. This is really the way that we connected to our caregivers in early life. So attachment style is all about were we able to predict the environment we grew up in? Were we able to rely on a consistent, warm, responsive caregiver? This was this attachment style is formed primarily through those interactions with our caregivers in early life. So how you act today, how you act in relationships romantically, in business and friendships, a lot of this because of like the first six months of your life. I know. I know. It's, it's, but this is real stuff. I mean, this is what I teach in uh, my psychology 110 classes. This is lifespan development. This is psychology theory. We see this in evolutionary theory. Like, this is real stuff. And there's evidence that suggests. Even, even what happens when you are in the womb is going to affect patterns in your life. I know it's freaking wild. So if you're like, gosh, why am I so terrified of commitment? Or like, why am I so needy? Which is a word I hate as a therapist. Like there's nothing wrong with needing things, but like, why am I so anxious and needy in relationships? Or like, why do I avoid this? You know, that might be because of your attachment style. And so attachment styles are built primarily with that early caregiver interaction. Um, and we, through that, develop a pattern or style, which can be changed, but typically persists without intervention. So there's pretty much four types, and you're going to see variations of this depending on kind of where you go. But just to keep it simple, there's secure or insecure styles of attachment. Now, secure attachment is your your caregivers like showed up. They're warm, consistent, responsive, and you knew it. Like you could pr- you could count on them. 
you learned how to self-soothe. So like your your caregivers helped you regulate your emotions. They were co-regulating with you, helping you know like it's okay how to feel, showing up for you. Um if you have if you have this secure style, you knew you could rely on your parents, you knew they were safe, they would come back when they left. And this is going to affect you as an adult because you're going to be secure in relationships unless there's been something that interrupted that. Like you could be alone. You're okay being with others. Um, you're comfortable. You're okay with boundaries, like all this kind of stuff. And, you know, secure attachments are actually the majority of attachment styles. Like most people get that. But if you're like, yeah, I'm like a cool relationship person. I don't like have some of these other problems I see in certain patterns. You know, other people have that might be because you're just secure. Secure attachment is all about this emotional bond to another person. That's what all attachment styles are about. Um, John Bowlby observed this, right? And he described attachment as this lasting psychological connectedness between human beings. And he was doing this in the 60s. And he said that these early bonds that you have with your caretakers, that's going to totally impact you throughout your life. And we have this intense attachment experience because it keeps us alive as babies. So this secure style very early on is just like, cool. My parents responded. My caregiver responded. Like I'm secure. I'm okay in the world. I can trust the world. Um, this is really going to connect to another theorist who's not talking about attachment, but I'm going to bring it in because I'm a psychology nerd, Eric Erickson's psychosocial theory. So if you're looking at attachment purely, that's John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth. But if you want to connect this to just emotional development, social, social development, Eric Erickson, he was saying in your first year of life, it's all about trust versus mistrust. So, you know, Bowlby and Ainsworth are saying you're developing this attachment, the security, you can count on your caregiver and you're getting this sense of self, like the world's a safe place. Meanwhile, according to Erickson, that means socially and emotionally, you're like, cool, trust. I trust the world. Now, the flip side of this is if you don't trust the world, if your needs aren't met, you're going to de develop a variation of an insecure attachment style. And that's the other ones that I haven't talked about yet. So let me tell you what those are. So if you're not secure, the typical other outcomes are all insecure. Avoidant attachment. That's, you know, if, if secure attachment says, I'm okay, you're okay. Avoidant attachment says, I'm okay, you're not okay. So you're going to see these folks um, kind of push away from relationships. There's always an exit strategy. Like they might show up really strong at first, but then back away. The commitment might freak them out. Um, there's overly strong sense of self-reliance when it comes to like avoidant attachment styles. Their caregivers weren't showing up in the way that they were for a secure style. So emotional expression is going to be hard. That deeper intimacy is going to be hard. You don't want people to be, you know, clingy or too close um, this is protective. So you might see folks who are like being neglected by their parents or telling them not to cry. Um, dependence on others was dangerous. And a lot of these folks, you know, they were growing up real quick. And they learned like it's painful to rely on these people. Like I just got to take care of number one. So 
self as safety, mistrust of others long-term, that's going to be more avoidant. The anxious attachment style, AKA your girl. (laughs) Oh man. It's always interesting when I like talk about attachment because I'm like, I am the freaking poster child of anxious attachment. This is awesome. Anxious attachments different than avoidant attachment, which actually draws them to each other. So anxious attached people think like you're okay, I'm not okay. And so we tend to be really drawn to like the avoidant type because um, their lack of availability, their lack of consistency feels really familiar. We think we deserve that as anxious attachment because like something's wrong with me. A lot of times in our relationships, we're needy, we show up, we're sensitive to rejection. Um we often end up more people-pleasing or codependent. Parents with anxious attachments or early experiences or child givers could influence this because it's not like that they were neglectful, but were more likely overprotective. There could have been helicopter parents, or maybe you didn't learn how to self-soothe. Um, it's also pos- possible that you felt like you had to be the perfect child for whatever reason that perfectionistic expectation or the conditional love, that unpredictability that can lead to attachment. Sometimes you see this with abuse, like sometimes it's safe, sometimes it's not. Um, So again, you'll see attachment styles show up later in life, like anxious attachment is going to be drawn to avoidant and vice versa. And what I've read before, it's like, because they both think something's wrong with someone in the relationship and it's like this complimentary, uh, but it could be, you know, defeating and kind of toxic. So according to John Bowlby and Mary Ainsworth, the anxious avoidant attachment is kind of this mix of like, nothing's okay. Relationships aren't safe. You're terrified of them. You should be afraid. I have to be hypervigilant. It's more likely there was abuse and neglect in your childhood. It doesn't mean like your parents were cruel. Like we're not making any like really strong, predictable judgments about someone's upbringing based on these. It's, it's more like subjective, right? But maybe they weren't available or they couldn't care for you or they were inconsistent. The inconsistency of like, so what am I supposed to rely on? Um, or maybe they were harmful or, or ineffective, or maybe they were dealing with their own struggles or addiction or something, but there's going to kind of be this love, hate swinging that you see. Love you, yes. Hate you, yes. Uh, you might be burning bridges um, and like struggling to like have consistent long-term relationships. So these attachment styles, they form early on. And the good news is you can change them. Uh, I think, you know, I am not doing justice to attachment theory or styles. We just don't have time. I'm skipping so much and it's messy. So I apologize. If you want to get more in depth, like go straight to the source, read John Bowlby's work, study Mary Ainsworth's work. Um, There's a book out called Attached. We can link it. I don't have any sponsorship connected to them, but I think it's just an easy read to kind of understand attachment, secure versus insecure. Easy, reader-friendly place to start. What I want to say as a therapist is you can develop a secure attachment style, even if you, your default is insecure. The number one way you do this is building a safe relationship. And we know you can do that with a therapist. So get a safe relationship with a therapist or another person. 
that's the best way to get towards a secure attachment style. I don't want you to feel doomed by any of this. Like none of us chose this stuff, right? Like there's a lot of factors that play into it and no one's here like blaming parents because your temperament plays into this, you know, a lot of different things. So you're not doomed. We can all move towards secure attachment style, but you got to practice vulnerability. You got to practice that in order to get safe. You got to show up honestly in therapy or with a relationship you're in. You got to start setting boundaries. You got to practice mindfulness. Um, it's through those efforts that we can heal. So if you're anxious, it's going to be sitting with that discomfort and learning to self-soothe and practicing mindfulness. If you're avoidant, it's going to be being vulnerable, showing up for the conversation, putting down your walls, taking those risks. It's, it's going against the grain of our conditioning in order to heal and to build security. So I mean, boundaries, mindfulness, showing up in these relationships, practicing vulnerability. We got we to gotta kind of have this perfect storm. And that's, that's how we build a safe attachment style. Um, Mary Ainsworth, she's a researcher psychologist in the 1970s. And she did this lab experiment called the strain situation. You can literally Google this and, and see videos of it. And that's how they kind of came up with these different styles. Like how did kids respond when their attachment figure came in the room with them, left the room. It was through observing these children and how they would respond to these situations where they would be left alone, separated from their caregiver. And you would see these types of behaviors. And that's how we categorize these different attachment styles. Um, and she said specifically, those were these three styles, the secure, the ambivalent insecure and the avoidant insecure. So that's why at the beginning I was like, well, these are basically the four, but you can kind of get different twists and turns depending on the researcher. What you need to know is there's secure and insecure and there's different styles based on, on that. But if you want to know more about Mary Ainsworth and like the ambivalent insecure versus the avoidant insecure, you can study her stuff. Um, later researchers like Maine and Solomon, that was in the eighties they added this fourth attachment style called disorganized insecure. So, I mean, shoot, you can go down the rabbit hole, right? Like with anything in psychology, there's a lot of twists and turns. Attachment styles, whatever it is, you can figure yours out. We know it's influenced from your early childhood and you can work on healing it and becoming more secure through your efforts, through therapy, through vulnerability, through setting boundaries, through getting to know yourself, through practicing mindfulness, through meditation, all of this kind of stuff where, you know, you show up for yourself. Let me plug in a child work here. What a powerful way to heal your core attachment wounds by being a loving and consistent and warm attachment figure for yourself where the people in your life didn't fill you up. I mean, my inner child course is something I'm really proud of. I recommend that for anyone who's wanting to work on attachment stuff because it combines all these factors of mindfulness, boundaries, building a safe relationship with yourself, connection through all this reflection. So that would be a really great supplement if you're trying to do this work, as well as like that book I recommended. And there's a lot of people on Instagram, a lot of therapy accounts who talk about specifically 
you know, attachment. And maybe one day I'll have someone come on here who like this is their soul jam to talk even more um, about attachment. But for now, this is just a brief introduction. What we know is this is important because if you don't have a secure attachment, it affects your life, y'all. And this can lead to negative impact through childhood and through the lifespan, whether it's like conduct disorder or PTSD or attachment problems like reactive attachment disorder. We all have, you know, I say this all the time, we all fall on the spectrum of mental health symptomology, but if this is severe, if you have like some real attachment neglect or abuse, this can lead to, you know, mental illness and behavioral struggles throughout your life. You can have the same attachment style in adulthood that you did in childhood. Um, you can also change them. You might've had like a secure attachment growing up and then you have like a really gnarly abusive relationship as a teen or some kind of trauma and it can change. So a lot of this is fluid. Um, the core thing is a secure bond of psychological connectedness is going to impact the rest of your life. We know that like how you're raised, your environment affects your psychology. So what we're trying to do now as adults, if that was affected is to heal those wounds. Um, responsiveness from a caretaker is a great way to create a safe attachment. If you're a parent listening to this or a caretaker listening to this and you're super freaked out, you might be like me and have an anxious attachment style, <laughs> but what you can do is work on consistency, dependability, responsiveness, acknowledgement, uh, security. And when we blow it, those repair attempts and those connections are really important. None of us are perfect. I'm not asking you to be like superficially affectionate. Um, I'm not asking you to be like inauthentic here. But I am, I'm just pointing out you can make repairs where there's attachment wounds for yourself or your kids if you have those. You know, the secure attachment style says that kids will feel assured that when their caretaker leaves, that they will return. So something I've done with my son is being, you know, I work and I leave and I'm like, mom always comes back and I come back and we talk about emotions. Um, when there's a misbehavior and he needs correction, if we separate him, if he takes a time out, I come back and I'm like, let's talk about it. How are you feeling? Let's resolve. My effort is to try to reassure my child that I come back and we resolve things. I'm not perfect. I don't know what the freak I'm doing, but you know, I know enough about psychology to say, okay, this will be supportive of a secure attachment. I'm going to do my best to do what I can. So those are the kind of things you can think about. Securely attached kids will often seek comfort from their caregiver. They'll, they know that you can provide that for them. They're, they're okay to have emotions and be vulnerable because the attachment's created through safety, trust, and contact. So a child that's assured by the primary caregiver that they'll get comfort can trust that. So remember, this is connected to trust. This is connected to safety, contact, consistency. So can you do that for yourself as an adult? Can you get that from a therapist or another secure person in your life? So we kind of have these three options to heal our attachment wounds as an adult. Therapy, a secure person, and then yourself as a loving, warm parent to your own inner child. So much more to say, my friends. Um, if your attachment style is affecting the rest of your life, just know, like with anything I talk about, recovery is possible. You can work on this. You're not screwed. 
We believe that brains are plastic in psychology, meaning they are capable of change. We can mold and shift and learn new behavior. We don't think you are fixed or stuck. So you can move through this. And the research supports this from like a cross-cultural perspective as well, that this is instinctive for, for human beings to maintain contact with other people, that emotions and attachment are just, you know, the center of relationships for humans. Um, so, you know, the theoretical point of view is that this is considered legitimate cross-culturally as well. The need for attachment is universal and it's found in all cultures. I'm going to just, I think, wrap it up here because I just want you to get a taste for what attachment is. I've given you a brief intro into what attachment style is and things you can do on your own to start working on that and a couple of resources. So I hope that's a good enough place to start off, but you can really go down the rabbit hole, like specifically, how does this show up in relationships and work investments and friendships? And what can I do to interrupt? So I hope you take this and run with it. If it calls to you, you can find a therapist who specializes in attachment theory. Um, emotionally focused therapy is a great approach to help people work through attachment issues. So there's two theories you can look for in a therapist, emotionally focused therapy and then attachment theory. And both are working with people who have attachment issues or trauma to work with emotion and heal those wounds. So building emotional attachment with your therapist, working with people who understand attachment therapy theory would be a great place to start because we do know working with a therapist is a really fast and effective way to work on attachment issues. Fast is a weird word. So take that with a grain of salt. I don't really know what that means. Okay, so you can look up a therapist who does EFT, emotional focused therapy or attachment theory, um, and they're going to use that to help create change within your attachment and probably do some trauma work, right? Like if you have trauma or wounds from your childhood, from your caregivers, that's going to be connected to this. Poor parenting, abuse, inconsistency, you know, if you're moving around in foster care, stuff like that can all attack or all affect attachment. So bring that all up in therapy and see what you can do with them. Okay, my friends, that's it for this therapy thought and attachment styles. Uh, stay tuned. If you're liking the podcast, make sure you subscribe. Go ahead and drop us a five-star rating. Uh, let's change this mental health game. I appreciate all y'all. May you be well. I appreciate you tuning in and supporting the Therapy Thoughts podcast. If you want to dive deeper into intuitive eating and body image and self-love, head over to tiffanyrow.com. It's the hub of all of my courses, the podcast, my merch, and information about doing counseling and coaching with me. I hope you guys stick around for more. We have lots of exciting interviews and thought leaders coming onto the podcast. So until next time, may you be well. Thanks for listening to the Therapy Thoughts podcast. But remember, this podcast is not therapy. This is for general informational purposes only. The information on this podcast is not intended to diagnose or treat any condition, illness, or disease. This also isn't intended to be financial, legal, medical, or therapeutic advice. Make sure you're always working with your own personal licensed mental health counselor.
may you be well. 